Welcome to episode 38 of the Golf Betting System podcast. This is our 2018 Open Championship Pick Show covering the 147th Open from Carnoustie Golf Links. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA to a preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have Open Championship expert Paul Williams and resident podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good evening, chaps. Evening, chaps. Good evening, guys. Are we excited? Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Nearly right. there now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, none of us can talk real that excited. It's hard to get things, <laughs> things organised in your head. Yeah. Brown fairways. That's, that, <laughs> it sounds kind of... Brown and yellow fairways. Eh? Already. Properly burnt, aren't they? Oh, Properly burnt. It's going to be proper. Right, golfbettingsystem.co.uk, that's where you'll find all of our content. Uh, Twitter handles, I'm at Bamford Golf, Paul is at Golf Betting, Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. We are available on Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn for Android, Spotify, Player FM, Podtail, and as of last week, now available on Stitcher. So uh, plenty of ways of listening to the show. Naturally, subscribe or follow the podcast and tell your friends about the show. And please take time to rate, plus review us on iTunes. We've got five stars on iTunes at the moment. Uh, It would be wonderful if we could get into the double figures in terms of reviews on there. It helps to keep all of our weekly content uh, free across the website, YouTube and and the podcast. Right, let's get straight into it then, chaps. Um, Clearly, there is a pick, uh, a um, preview show that we recorded at the end of last week that um, listeners can also listen to. Um, we mentioned some players in that. What has moved on? I suppose this is the first point. Where have we kind of moved to in terms of course condition that we know we're now dealing with at Carnoustie and in terms of the latest weather reports? So... Who wants yeah. to start first? I suppose Paul, because you, you've released your pre betting tips preview this morning, so you're bang up to speed. Yeah, yeah, we, we went out um, just before lunchtime with the uh, the final final picks. And to be fair, from the back end of last week when we talked to now, the actual condition of the course hasn't changed um, at all. We, we knew at the time it was going to be firm and fast. Um, we could see from the pictures that we saw of the Scottish Open, how brown the fairways were there, and we were looking at something very similar um, at Carnoustie this week. Um, they are particularly firm. I mean, we've seen on Twitter a number of the players have been up there practising, and uh, you know the comments are pretty universal, really. It's going to be firm, it's going to be fast. Um, the length of the course is going to be negated, um, and that, that you know historically that's been one of the real... Um, defenses or one of the one of the main defenses of the course at Carnoustie is at seven thousand four hundred yards. It's it's a lengthy old par seventy one, but when it's running as firm as this, and you're getting fifty, eighty, some some players are talking about a hundred yards of roll on some of their some of their shots. Um, clearly, that's going to um, bring all of the field into the uh, all of the field into the equation potentially, um, and certainly people aren't going to be handicapped by not having 
a 310-yard drive. So, yeah, in terms of the course conditions, that's where we were. When we talked last week, we were talking about an easterly wind potentially coming in 5 to 10 miles an hour. That seems to have shifted. It looks like it's coming in more from the prevailing um, side now and potentially um, stronger than we'd anticipated, particularly as we get towards Sunday. And the forecast I saw earlier was suggesting that Sunday could be getting an average around about 16 miles an hour. So gusts could be well in excess of 20. Um, I think the thing to consider with um, the forecast and trying to trying to read between the lines of any wind forecast for Lynx Golf is it's you know it can be massively variable. Um, it's going to vary based on the uh, tidal patterns. It's going to be you know between now and then the actual uh, the, the forecast itself could change dramatically based on the, you know what actually happens with the weather. So we keep an eye on it. But yeah, it certainly looks a bit. Um, a bit windier than it was before. Certainly going to be dry. Certainly going to be fast. Do you see anything fast. particularly, Paul, on Thursday in terms of first round leader? Because from where I, I mean, I'm using Windfinder as always. It looks quite calm um, early morning through mid morning to about lunchtime. And then those later tea times I'm seeing. So the likes of Tiger Woods, who's going out quite late. I mean, he's going out at, uh, he's going out the group after Sergio. Sergio, I love yeah. that. Uh, Sergio's off at 10 past three and Tiger's off at 20 past three uh, with Hideki and Russell Knox. Just looks to me as if they're going to catch a little bit of breeze at the end of the day. Anything up to sort of gusting 16, 17 miles an hour which, you know, from a first-round leader perspective, especially on a course that's going to be drying out throughout the day, seems seems to be the bad end of the draw, potentially. Yeah, potentially. For that particular day, yeah. I, I suspect over Thursday, Friday, it's going to even itself out. It doesn't look like there's a massive draw bias right now. Um, yeah, could, could end up um, eating those words further down the further down the week, of course, but uh, it does look relatively flat. But yeah, you t- tend to kind of get this, don't you, particularly with the coastal tracks and... You know, it can often start off quite calm. Um, if there's no prevailing weather pattern coming through, it can start off quite calm. And uh, as you get towards lunchtime, the wind picks Fri- up. And then Friday looks challenging, doesn't it? Especially if it's going to be playing as we expect it to. Yeah, it looks. It, it does look to me, particularly as you're going through the week and getting towards Sunday, it's gonna it's gonna pick up. And you know, that's that's gonna make Carnoustie a pretty stiff challenge, particularly with firm conditions, because these bunkers, the bunkers that are you know really gonna gonna be causing um, penalties of penalty shots, you know, in effect for players who find them, they're seriously gonna be in play this week. There's gonna be a lot of action on and around the uh, fairway and greenside bunkers. So. Question for Barry. Um, clearly, you know, you play a lot of golf, you play Lynx golf and whatever. Um, in terms of what we've seen across the Open de France, um, the Irish Open and the Scottish Open, what of those three tournaments do you think translate the closest to what we're likely to see this week uh, up at Carnoustie? I'd I'd say possibly Ballyliffin um, seems as close to what I'm hearing about Carnoustie and that the rough isn't as thick um, in Carnoustie this year as it has been in previous editions. And mm. Ballyliffin, the rough, you know, off the fairways was quite wispy as well, mm. so the guys could still get at the ball. Yeah. Um, albeit you still lose an element of control of the golf ball uh, when you're in those situations and you're not getting a clean strike on the ball. Yeah. The 
the rough at uh, Gullen last week looked um, particularly intense in parts. Um, so, you know, maybe a slight, a slight, uh, slightly bit um, closer to Carnoustie, uh, Ballyliffin uh, than Gullen, but I think both of them will have been phenomenal tests, um, or kind of in terms of preparation for <laughs> for this week. So anybody, I think, in my opinion, is that anybody that's played one of those two is at an advantage over um, anybody who hasn't. Although, as you point out, um, somebody could have skipped Scot- playing Scotland last week, gone to Carnoustie early, and can be getting in plenty of practice rounds. So, yeah, you yeah. know, there's that, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as we know, when it comes to preparing for golf tournaments. And uh, certainly... Um, it, it, it's I, a dangerous game ruling people out. I'm, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm one of the world's worst at doing it, but... Ruling people out on a certain trend. I mean, Jordan Spieth blew that completely apart last year, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. difficult. I think what was it six of the pre six of the last eight um, winners of this had played the yeah. Scottish Open immediately the week before. And of course, the the the, um, the schedules changed more recently, so that you've now got the Irish um, and the Scottish immediately before. The, um, the Open and of course with the uh, the French Open before that as well which when it's played in firm and fast conditions at the Gulf National is um, you know it, it's, it's it's almost a, it's an inland, inland links as well so you're kind of getting a, a solid build up of the same kind of style of play that you're going to experience over the um, over the Open Championship whether it's anywhere near the same level of difficulty or not is a different matter and um, you know I expect of the um, events that we've seen over the last three weeks um, they aren't going to be a patch on how difficult it will be at Carnoustie, particularly if the wind does blow, because then, you know, a, a winning score of on or around level par may well be the kind of target by the end of the week. Maybe maybe a few strokes under, but it's certainly not going to not going to run away. I don't think. I think, in my mind, I mean, I was collecting some statistics this morning. Um, it looked like that the greens at Gullen last week were pretty easy to hit. Um, uh, as opposed to Ballyliffin, where GIR was at a real premium, so w- was that was that down to uh, was that down to the thicker rough at Ballyliffin, Barry? You think basically making approaches far more difficult if you were straying off the fairway, or was it also down to green speed? Were the greens slightly faster? You think at the Irish Open as opposed to the Scottish Open? Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say faster in terms of how the you know how fast they were rolling on the stimp. I just think they might have been a bit. The surface might have been a bit firmer in Ballyliffin. Yeah, yeah. It it, it looked that way to me. Um, they were both probably rolling within the ball. You know, with within maybe six eight inches of each other in terms mm-hmm. of speed. But um, the ones at Gullen last week looked a bit more receptive to shots, and you, know, yeah. you nearly saw a couple of shot. You know, you saw a couple of shots spinning back at times there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the guys were repairing a few ball marks, and I'd say um, the you know you could count the number of ball marks left on the greens and Bally Liffin on the fingers of one hand. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I was I found some just going back to kind of how long the course is playing. I was reading um, some comments by Harrington today, and he made a very interesting point that although the place is playing really firm and fast. You know, there's there, there's strategies in play there where you're going to lay back from the bunkers, but you might lay back a bit too far, and uh, you know you end up with a very long second shot in. <clears throat> to you know, you're making your life easier off the tee, but you've got a much longer approach shot in then. Mm. So that 
you know, it kind of cancels out the, you know, the strategy needed to navigate the course kind of cancels out the fact that it's going to be playing shorter. So just interesting. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's about finding the balance and, you know, attacking the course or trying to thread the ball between the bunkers uh, at the right times and pulling off those shots. I mean, we saw some of the stuff in uh, Gullen was amazing, like the the, uh, the 18th where the guys are threading it between the bunkers. Mm. Um, who Immelman fired one down there, and even though it looked like it was pretty central between the two bunkers, was still shouting at it to bounce straight <laughs> to go through them. Uh, <laughs> the course is that fast, one bounce can have it, you know, shooting yeah. 20 yards offline pretty quickly, so... Yeah. Um, and you can't yeah, can get this quite readily with links golf, can't you? You know, yeah, you can play yeah. Oh, you do. Look, you need little bits of luck, you know, and you need to not feel sorry for yourself when you do get the bad bounces. They will happen to everybody, and mm. um, you would want the patience of a saint this week. Mm. Yeah, and I think you. I think you're right. Strategy is going to be um, one of the key aspects, and you, there, there are going to be so many options off the tees this week because you know the players with um, enough length to take some of the fairway bunkers out of the equation can fly them and you know put themselves in entirely different positions to those who can't comfortably do that and as you say will be laying back um, potentially a lot further because with the fairways running as fast as they're uh, you know they, they look like they're going to be running um, you're in serious danger of running through fairways running into bunkers um, you know you need to um, you, you need to employ a level of strategy with um you know, with with, the, with all of your game, I think, and uh, yeah. yeah, it might it might force a bit of um, over cautiousness from some people, and they could find themselves just that you know, slowly but surely, kind of playing themselves out of the tournament by being too safe. Um, mm. You know, you could just lose that quarter shot every kind of hole by playing a bit too safe and being 30, 40, 50 yards back from the fairway bunkers, but going in with uh, much longer clubs and you're just yeah. making par very difficult. Um, very difficult target for you to achieve in that situation. I think there will need to be a certain amount of aggression and taking on, you know, corner bunkers at times to to give yourself a few, you know, short little pitch shots into some of the greens. Hmm. Uh, John Ram was talking about taking driver everywhere. Uh, <laughs> why wouldn't he? Well, but, doesn't he always? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, I know, but it's it's even even in such a to us a blatantly obvious setup as this that. It's, it doesn't seem like a setup for driver everywhere at all, but he's playing to his strengths and them. Um, you know, that kind of, yeah, high, it's a high risk, but high variance, you know, and the high variance could fall in his favour and he could go and win the thing. We all know he's got the talent to do it. Um, still question, I, I, in my head, I'd still have question marks over his patience that, you know, he's proven Link's pedigree, but I, I, don't, I don't know whether he's fully ready for... What this golf course can throw at you when it's uh, when it's going to be playing as tough as it is. No, okay, then. No. I mean, that leads me into my next question. We don't we don't think that the target score that's going to win this week has changed from what we discussed last week. No. No. Don't think I so. don't think so. No. I, no. It's. I, I think it's. It's going to be between between that kind of um, level par to maybe. Two, three, four under. I can't see it getting as low as seven. I think it's going to be too firm, too fast, and um, if the wind forecast is right, it's going to be tricky. Um, I don't think it's going to be plus six going back to when uh, when Paul Laurie won in '99. The rough was particularly thick that year, and we haven't got that element this year. So it's kind of somewhere between the two, and the players are clearly, you know, they're incredibly so talented. So players with the U.S. Open type. 
background again. Yeah, players that so. can really grind out pars and take 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 their birdies where necessary and and just hold on for grim life around the rest yeah. of the course. Yeah. And one thing Barry said a second ago um, was, it really does resonate with me and how a player is going to need to approach this week is that when there's a bad break, when there's a bit of bad luck, when something doesn't go quite right, when you make a bogey from nowhere and, you know, not necessarily due, due to a, a bad shot, just, you know, the nature of the, the course, nature of the Lynx Golf is to be able to just shake that off and, and walk to the next tee and get on with it. Some players won't be able to do that. Some haven't got the temperament. And, you know, you talk about John Rahm. Has he got the temperament when he's played a fantastic drive and, you know, for whatever reason, he's ended up making bogey for, for no reason, um, you know, of, of his own making? Um, will he be able well, to mentally yeah. handle that? He, has, he hasn't shown that temperament at the US Open yet, has he? That's for sure. No, 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 no. As talented as he is, but yes... That's, uh, you know, if, if, if you're trying to, when you're looking at the top of the market to try and, you know, chop some of these players off of a shortlist, you need to start making those kind of uh, brutal decisions, I guess, as to, uh, as to why. Well, why I mean, that leads to, I mean, listeners, listeners are going to want views on players. So um, we didn't do this in the preview. So it's a good place to start, isn't it? Top of the market, we are looking right now, we're recording this at quarter past six uh, UK time uh, over here on Monday evening of tournament week. Um, I'm seeing the favourite uh, is Dustin Johnson, who's pretty readily available at 12 to 1. We've then got Justin Rose at uh, 16 to 1, Ricky Fowler at 18 to 1. Rory McIlroy at eighteen to one. We then jump to John Rahm at twenty twos. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood at twenty five uh, at twenty twos as well, with uh, Jordan Spieth also around about that twenty to twenty two to one price point. Let's start with those guys. I mean, I know where you fixed your uh, flagpole. So do you want to do you want to crack on with your with your headline tip this week? Well, and we talked about him last week when we did the kind of pre-show and um, there's nothing that's changed my mind as to whether um, I think that Dustin Johnson is going to win this tournament. And for me, I think he does win this golf tournament. Um, at 12-1 to 1 in this field, um, you know, I, I, I've not played it each way. I've played it, um, I've played it straight to win. And I think that is the right approach for this particular week because... If you go down an each way route, you're going to end up sapping a big chunk of your weekly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your, your weekly bankroll to try and, you know, in effect, maybe get some of your money back if he finishes second or third or eighth or tenth, depending who you bet with this week. So I've gone down the um, down the route of backing him on on the nose for this. And if you look back, you go back to the start of the century, so back to 2000. There's only one player who's won the Open Championship from the uh, OWGR number one position, and that's Tiger Woods. So if you're looking for a precedent, yes, there is one. So DJ is currently the uh, the, the you know, world number one. Uh, Tiger's won it from that position uh, three times. I think he won it over the uh, over the course of those, uh, those those renewals that he was that he won over that period. Um, so to win this week, DJ is going to have to emulate Tiger Woods. Can he do that? Of course he can. Um, I think if there's one player out there at the moment who can you know, put himself in that kind of 
bracket or you can you can equal the kind of uh, feats that Tiger's pulled off over the years um, it's DJ I'm not arguing to, I'm not saying that I think he's as good or a better player than, than Tiger I'm just saying that I think if there's one player who can uh, you know transcend some of the, the trends that are out there then there's him um, we talked about having played last week he's not played for a few weeks now you go back to uh, to Shinnecock Hills I think was the last time that he played Um can he win this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you look at some of the efforts that he's put in over the years at the Open Championship, um, you know I, I rattled through a few of them in my uh, preview. Um, and if you look back, he was seventh going into Sunday in 2010, second going into Sunday in 2011. Uh, he finished ninth in 2012. He was second going into Saturday in 2013, third going into Sunday in 2014. Uh, he led after two rounds in 2015, finished top 10 in 2016. And um, he's seventh going into the final day last year as well. So each of these consecutive years, he's been in a position at some point during the tournament to, to push himself on and to potentially go and win an Open Championship. And it hasn't happened yet. Um, for me, he's quite capable of doing it. I think um, you know, I think if there's one tournament that he's going to win, that's going to back up his um, US Open title, then it probably is an Open Championship. And if you look back, the, the, the events that he's won this year, he won the Century by eight, he won the St. Jude by six. When he's in that kind of A-game mode, he's very, very difficult to beat. Um, you know, I don't think... You, know, you can say the same about a lot of these top players when they're absolutely the best. You know, there's, it's going to take something monumental. But DJ, when he's playing his kind of mercurial tee to green golf, um, hitting an absolute mile, scrambling well, which he's scrambling fantastically this year as well, um, and making his putts, it's, you know, that's a hard task for a lot of those players around him. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, he ticked every single box. You know, if you look at some of the stats he's got for the season today, um, just going back to his last five starts, he's, he's finished top 10 in total driving and five of his last six starts. He was fourth and sixth for scrambling over his last two events. He's putting well. You know, it's, there's loads like first for strokes gained off the tee this year, first for strokes gained tee to green, uh, second for putting average, second for three putt avoidance, leads par four uh, scoring average. You know, there's, there's a, a long, long, long list of reasons to think that he can go well um, here this week. So, yeah, you know, is the bookie's favourite? Is the world number one? It's fairly, fairly bleeding obvious, but. Um, I can't, I can't see past him as the winner, I must say. He did play. I mean, those those first two rounds at um, Shinnecock Hills, he did play some unbelievable goal. Mm. I mean, that, that course was so vicious. And he looked in total control for that opening Thursday and Friday. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about a winning score that's, you know, just the right side of par, mm. you know, he's been there and done it. Well, did he win his US Open? I think it was yeah, four, four under. Yeah, I think it was four under. He was, the only, yeah. was he the only player that broke par? It was something yeah, like maybe, that. someone else might have been level oh, one under, but yeah, you know, it's um, for me that's it all sets up uh, very very well. Clearly, he's going to have to play well. Clearly, he hasn't been warming up um, with these events pre uh, pre the openers, you know. And, and we go back to Spieth last year. He hadn't played since the Travellers, I think it was three or four weeks before. Um, and he came here, been up, up practicing. Um, DJ's been up at uh, Carnoustie since the weekend. Uh, 
putting in his practice rounds, getting getting to grips with how the course is playing. You know, some of the feedback that he's, he's running through fairways. You know, the the, the fairways is uh, getting a hundred yards of roll on some of his shots. So, you know, clearly he's getting to grips with how he's going to need to play this course this week. And the thing with the thing with his power, and we talked about power and length of the tee, not necessarily being the be all end all this week. Um, he has the power to choose different lines from the tee. And if there's one thing that's going to allow you to attack some of the pins this week is, is if you can get on the fairway close to the greens. So you can play with very lofty clubs into these pin positions and potentially make birdies. Um, if you're playing from 100 yards further back into, into rock-hard greens, you know you're going to struggle to hold some of these greens. It's going to be it's going to be brutal. Do you, do you think the there is a scenario there on a couple of key holes there where someone like DJ you can hit it very very long and pretty damn accurately can just get that little advantage over even though those fairways are running really firm and really fast, but because of the bunkering being in such critical positions, do you? His ability to be able to cut corners and fly over some key bunkerings going to give him advantages, absolutely, and allow him to attack greens with short, short, you know, with shorter clubs that you know others will won't be able to use. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I see it. And you know, let's let's assume he brings his um, a game from tee to green with him, and he's finding the fairways with those shots, mm. those aggressive shots, those aggressive lines. Yeah. Um, then he's going to set himself up with some birdie opportunities. If he's finding the rough, then we know that the rough isn't as thick as it has been in the past. We know it's not as brutal as it could be. No. Um, it's been particularly dry up there. And if he's attacking a pin from 120 yards from the rough, yeah. as opposed to someone who's 80 yards further back, He's still far more likely to be able to hold the green and, and actually find himself within a position to, to at least make a you know a, a reasonable two putt par, if not a uh, you know a birdie opportunity. Yeah. So I think in that respect, someone who's got that much power may well still be an advantage. But yes, he's got to t- you know some of the holes he's going to have to rein it back. He's he can't go and attack every single one, but. He'd have got a good idea from the, the rounds that he's put in up there over the last yeah. few days as to as to which holes and, and he can attack. He's not silly enough to, to attack every hole. He he he. Yeah, we know that he's he's a well-rounded individual, and that's why he's a U.S. Open champion because mm. he can actually take a course apart and and play it. You know, on you know being a, a, attacking on certain holes and being more defensive on others. He's he's a he's a rounded sort, isn't he? He's you know, yeah. patience and strategy is one thing you can't. Um, shout as a weakness against DJ. No, no, absolutely. You look, you know, it, it, I think he's still maturing as a player. Um, you know, he still only does have that one open, or yeah. that, that that one major championship. But you look at his last three major efforts: thirteenth, tenth, third. You know, he's for me, he's ripe for this. You know, he's, he's, he's so he's if, if DJ is a fantastic um, type for this, where does that put? A question to you as well, Barry. Where does that put the likes of the next guys in the betting? So, you know, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, for example. Uh, <clears throat> Especially with the conditions that we're going to be playing with. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun, McIlroy's a funny one um, because his ball striking is absolutely phenomenal at the moment. And... 
his pudding is well. Everybody knows what's going on with the you know what's going on with the pudding. Um, this might not be a pudding contest. And no, no, no. You know that, and that takes away. It wasn't the in those, It wasn't in two thousand and seven. I know it was softer, but what came from the yeah. kick? We we discussed this, didn't we, on Thursday? You know, it wasn't a putting contest. It was effectively long, uh, as many greens as you can hit, and then scramble, scramble as well as you can. Mm. And yeah, that got you in the mix, and that removes his disadvantage on the field at the moment um, with his with his putting. So he like, he just probably just needs to have a slightly below tour you know field average week with the putter, and he could be fine. I think I think the key for Rory is um, the ca- the caddy this week, keeping him really patient, um, you know, and, and just reminding him all the time that the scoring is not going to be super low. It will more than likely be par or just a couple under, and so that he doesn't have to go chasing down birdies. And the two putt pars are more than fine. And I know two put pars in other tournaments he's played recently are disappointing, but in this situation, two put pars will be, you know, yeah. you, you you knock in sixty-two put pars and uh, you know a few birdies and limit your bogeys, you're yeah, right in, in there. So it's he's he's not got the. Do you think do you think he's got that strength coming back from the caddy, as opposed to I when he had JP on the bag? It's hard to know. It, re- it really is. Um, I, I'm sure he's got a big team around him, and they'll be trying to put the right strategy in place this week. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting. He's never been the uh, the one of the top dogs when the courses are re- this quick. Um, so, but you know the long game is in superb shape, and that would say to me that he should be. You know, he should go okay this week. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I'd find it hard to put my money on him though. At the you know. At that price, when uh, when you've guys like Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose, just uh, either the same price or just a tiny bit shorter than him, and mm. I, I think I can make a much stronger case for either of those two going on to do better than Rory for this week. Yeah, I mean for me, the Rory's best suit is still when it's um, soft, yeah. when he can manage his distance control, and when he's on his game, his dis- distance control is absolutely outstanding. But when you've got firm and fast conditions, that is when I think he loses that massive advantage that he's got. And he has, he has one in firm conditions. We've seen it. You know, oh, yeah, he did do. this year at Bay Hill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a different test but this week. If, if, you're, you know, if you're trying to tentatively put a line through someone for you know, some kind of valid reason, then for me, it needs to be softer than it will be. And it, you know, it's going to be the complete opposite of that this week. So... So yeah, if you're talking uh, talking Rory, I think you know my my simple analysis would be that it's too firm for me to consider backing him this week. I think Justin Rose's Open Championship record is disappointing for a player of his quality. Um, is that has he kind of addressed that in a way this year? Because we know that his scrambling though in 2018 is a level above where it has been previously. So could he be a factor, Rose? Yeah, he he is playing. He's playing well without playing. If if you you got him at the top of his game versus Dustin Johnson at the top of his game, I still don't think there's a question. I think I think DJ wins every day of the week. Mm. Um, so it would take DJ to have a bad week. Let's assume he's the is the is the main competitor. It, DJ to have a bad week and Justin Rose to have an absolute you know, worldie to to be in with the chance of winning this golf tournament. Um, I think he's been good without being outstanding, which um, 
I'm not sure that's good enough to win an Open Championship with the level of class that's out there right now. Why what? do you guys think? Why do you guys think his record is so like, you know quote poor? He's only got one top ten in the Open. Yeah. I mean, what, what is it about the game, or is it is it just a mentality thing that he wants it too much? He he admits, and he admits it in um, quite a few interviews. He prefers parkland, treeline golf courses. So Augusta is perfect for him. He loves Augusta, and I think you can see him winning. At, you know, he was very unlucky last year, wasn't he, when Sergio won at Augusta. He knows yeah. how to play that course. Um, I think gen generally, I mean, we, you know, this this is shades of grey. Um, I think generally his scrambling hasn't been at an elite level. But I think this year, he's scrambling, and I, this comes through in the consistency of his results this year. Yeah, His scrambling, he's a lot, lot stronger this year. He's been clearly working at that short game around the greens. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I run a little tracker. I know you run similar stuff for yourself, Steve. I run a little tracker on um, how players are performing in terms of recency for their scrambling, and yeah. he's, he's right up there. Different he's one level. of the very best. He's one of the very best in this field, and you wouldn't necessarily associate that with him. Um, and if you'd have looked clear... at that two years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. No, no. I, I, I think it's impossible to discount him. I just I, at the price, I, you know, I, I, for me, I can't, I, I can't, and wouldn't go and back two players in this kind of bracket. Um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna back any, it's got to be a single one, and you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's almost all in at that level. So. Why is another question? Why is Fowler so perennially short in terms of his price? <laughs> because he's popular. Mm. You on him in this? On him this year, Barry? No, I'm not. Wow. Um, Load on, chaps. Barry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On Ricky. <laughs> well, I ha- I have a bet on with um, Bobby. He used to be on the the podcast uh, a few years ago. Uh, he laid me four to one that Ricky wouldn't win a major this year. So I've that kind of running for me. I might see can I grab him at odds boosted or, but I what I really liked was Paul's idea. Um, was that yours? Where you just said hang on until Sunday, see where Ricky yeah. is, and if he's three or four off the lead, you'll probably get him at eighteen or twenty to one. And all he's got to do is play that one round. Versus now, Absolutely. I'm back in a minute, eighteen to one, before four rounds of golf. So, uh, and that's. Like, like like you guys think, uh, that's the place that he's got his probably his best chance to go win um, from is a couple shots back where he has to go hunting people down. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not a bad strategy. I might I might uh, I might uh, just borrow the the thought process on that. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to pick one between Rose Fowler and McElroy, uh, it would be Fowler. Um, I'm. It's I'm possibly I'm possibly include Dustin Johnson that, but only because of the number the world number one thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that said, Dusty just sets up so well for this long yeah. with that fade, like we said last week when we were talking about the course on the uh, on the preview show. Yeah, Every, everything just lines up so well from he must be licking his lips at this, thinking here here we go, here's my chance, here's my big chance, major number two. Yeah. He's in location, he's been practicing long and hard up there, getting, knowing exactly where he's going to attack the course from. It's, in, it's interesting. But yeah, I agree. I think, I think Fowler's I think a great, a great in-play bet if he's, yeah, in play, if, if he's he, anywhere near on Sunday. If there's one major, if the, the first, let, let's assume that over the course of Ricky Fowler's career, he wins at least one major. If he wins one major in his career, 
it's going to be the Open Championship in my view. His, his game sets up best for it. But, and someone asked me exactly that question earlier, either on Twitter or Facebook, Barry, and my response is exactly the same. I, I wouldn't want to back him pre-event, knowing that if he's four off the lead going into Sunday and he's a similar, if not longer, price than he was pre-event, then he's got a better chance of winning at that point. So if we come into Sunday and he is four back and he's sitting at 33 to 1 or 40 to 1 or whatever the number is, 25 to 1, and that's the time to dive in and have a play. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like the Alex Noren Sundays that you were seeing. You know, if there's a position that he's going to win from, um, you, know, you can almost sit back and wait for that position because you know you're going to get a half decent price, particularly if there's a big name or two at the front. And you'd expect, you know, it'd be a surprise for one of these guys in the top six, eight, ten, twelve in the betting to not be heavily involved uh, come Sunday. So it's going to keep anyone who's slightly off the pace at a decent, reasonable price. And as we've seen with the last two Carnoustie renewals, um, lots and lots can happen on Sunday. That's a great link in. So the next pack of players, 22 to 1 about John Rahm, uh, 20 ish, there's the odd little smattering of 22s with uh, a couple of bookmakers on Jordan Speeth, 22 on the course record holder, Tommy Fleetwood, and we're then out to 25s on the US Open champion, Brooks Koka, uh, Justin Thomas, and 28 to 1 about. The cat Tiger Woods. What are we? What are we thinking in that price range? Are we interested in any of those guys, or is that a price range that we're kind of passing over quite easily? There's, there's nothing that's really grabbed my attention. I must say, you know, with the likes of Fleetwood, um, he's clearly going to be popular this week. His price is prohibitively short, in my view, um, and I was watching. I think it was the on the range. Um, show they had before, it must have been Ireland, I think, yeah, it must have been Ireland. And he was talking about, um, he talked about how his long game just isn't quite there at the moment, how he's, you know, he's battling certain things. And you know, to go into a an Open Championship at 20 to 1 or shorter um, for a player, you know, clearly Tommy's an incredibly talented player, but, you know, seeking that first major championship... I, it's 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 never a bet for me. I can't I can't even consider it. I think psychologically is a bit of a role reversal as well for Tommy because you know you know he's done, clearly played brilliantly at Erin Hills last year. He, he clearly played very very well at the at Augusta this year to get him one of the last groups on the sun on the Sunday, and he played mm. fantastically well at Shinnecock. You know, shooting that fantastic final round on the Sunday. Yeah. But he's actually going into this as one of the favourites, and he must know that mentally. And that's a different kind of pressure, isn't it? Mm. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, again, he's is another player that is quite, you know, quite likely at some point to to find that um, open championship door swings open, and he has a you know a very very realistic chance of winning. Um, you know, a, a, an open or you know another major, and you know no, no one would be grudging that. I just don't. I'm not sure that his game is in well, good enough right now to do that. Yeah. I know, we shall see. I know last year Koka won the U.S. Open and then didn't play until he arrived over here for the Open, and he he actually landed a top six finish. Yeah. 
if we're talking Dustin Johnson's game is going to be right around here this week, is there is there also a premise there that says that Kopka again could be a factor this week? Again, how how can you? I don't think it's possible to to write these guys off. It's no. you know he's he's going to have to drive particularly well. Um, I think you know if you, if you had an accuracy driving competition between the two, you know, to, between DJ and and and, and and Kupka then um, I think DJ would win it you know nine times out of ten I think he's got um, slightly more about him from in, you know in that perspective but he's you know he's, he's a longer price he's, he's was it twice the price of, of DJ this week so mm. you know you, you, it depends how you see you know how you see value in terms of your own eyes do you do you want to go for a win only bet or do you want to try and grab a, an each way place with some of the firms out there paying you know eight some some places are playing ten ten places each way um, you know can he finish top ten his, his recent major record suggests that it's you know it's not, not a foregone conclusion but it's pretty likely I think whilst whilst we're talking short prices here I will mention this again um, we have an exclusive at uh, Gold Betting System with 888 Sport um, so we're effectively for new customers only. We have a, a promotion with 888 Sport where um, you can treble the odds on any player um, win only at the 2018 Open Championship. So yeah, it's for new customers only. Um, you have to deposit £10 or €10 Euro via a payment card. So no e-wallet first deposits. Uh, so it has to be via a card. And then place your first win-only bet with a stake of either £10 or €10 on any player in the 2018 Open. And you will receive treble the odds if they win. You actually get a profit boost token, which you see in your bet slip. All all you do is uh, tick on the bet slip, uh, uh, tick on the box where it says 200% profit boost token. And then if that player does win, you receive treble the odds, treble the profit on your on your first bet with 888 Sports. So that's worth just checking out. That's available um, quite readily at Golf Betting System this week across our content. So check that one out. And it's a, it's a great way of boosting some of these shorter prices. Is there anyone that you see there, Barry? I mean, where, where's your first point of call when it's coming to? Because I know that you're... General, you know, your general rule is you don't like short prices. Where, where's, your, where's your first line in the sand this week? Um, I've kind of skipped, yeah, at what we've talked about and a few more. Um, I'm looking at Alex Noren, and it's 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 actually staggering how many golfers are under thirty to one for this tournament. Uh, that, that shows how clueless the bookies are with you know who who's going to go well this week. There's so much quality up there. Yeah. Uh, he's a twenty-eight to one. He uh, he's a very um, he's great at backing up his recent successes and having just won in France, taken a couple of weeks off. Um, he won't be, he won't have any problems going out and going and grabbing another win. He fades the ball. He has a an un- unbelievable short game, and those are two things that uh, I think are very important this week. So, yeah. you know, at twenty-eight to one, ten places uh, available. That's um, that's very tempting. I think. Uh, his talent and uh, pedigree on you know firm and fast golf courses, I think there's a really good chance he finishes top ten at the very least. So uh, I think he will be 
getting added on. <coughs> At this stage, I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost tempted to kind of wait till a little bit closer to the event and see if uh, if prices will drift out on a couple of the guys I'm, I'm half thinking about. I mean, then again, I could add, you know, I could add Alex Noren into the uh, the Ricky Fowler strategy and hang on and see if he's if he's three, four, five back going into Sunday, mm-hmm. and then try yeah. you know grab him grab him at thirties or forties, and you've avoided those uh, the potential catastrophe of him going out in the first three or you know not even making the cut. Yeah, is another one as you say, similar to Fowler, in that you know he's got this ability and this confidence to attack a Sunday when he's a few shots behind and, you know, and, and convert as we, as we've seen again recently. And, you know, we've seen a number of times over his career. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think you, I don't, again, you know, there's, there's plenty of reasons to back him. I've seen him. He's been tipped by a few of the um, internet tipsters already today. And I suspect um, if one of the newspapers gets hold of him, um, then you know that that price that you're talking about, the kind of twenty eight bracket, that again, that will be a thing of the past. He'll be down even shorter than that. Um, whether, whether that's justifiable for for Alex Noren, you know, again, it's it values in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, we 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 ran through some numbers last week about the amount of major top tens that winners of this have had recently, and Noren doesn't feature in that kind of level of top no, ten matches. No, 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 his, his two top tens have been at this particular time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he's yeah. a specialist. Yeah, if if there's if there's again, if there's one tournament that you would expect him to be more likely to pop up on, it's probably probably is this. So um you know he's got his recent win as well, which is another factor that we've looked at with uh, with open championship winners in the recent past. So um, there's lots of boxes being ticked, and as Barry said, he's got a cracking short game as well. So, I've been researching first round leader today and the last few days, and one thing Alex isn't overly proficient at is a fast start. So again, there could be some kind of definite, and we know that you know he, he's got a specialised kind of technique in this of starting sluggishly and then coming through the field. So he's mm. as you've you, you've already you know aspired to. He is definitely another fowler type where you you will have an opportunity potentially to back him in play. Yeah. 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 Wait. Wait. Leave six shots off the lead in round one. Grab him at eighty to one, and then just <laughs> smile and watch as you watch him cruise through the field. Could All right. Can, play, we move, Could can, we, can we move on and have a look at the, a few of the old guard like Tiger Woods, Stenson, Garcia? They're all in around this kind of twenty-eight to thirty threes. Well, I know, talk, I know Paul wants to talk about Sergio because he's tipped him. Yeah, I've, 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 I've backed two in this bracket. So I've backed Sergio and I've backed Patrick Reed, And um, I think both of those guys, if Dustin doesn't win, or even if Dustin does win, I think that both of these guys have got a great chance of getting in the mix. Um, Sergio's got a cracking record at the Open Championship full stop. He's got 10 top 10 finishes and he's been right in you know, the mix a number of times. The best chance he had was here at Carnoustie back in 07 when um, he had a one-shot lead going into the final hole after, after Paddy Harrington had made double. Um, and uh, he found the sand with his approach shot on the final hole chipped it out to, to about eight feet or so, and then the, the putt that looked for all the world like it was going in, it just lipped out at the end. Mm. And then, then he lost the uh, lost the playoff to, to Harrington. So clearly there's a bit of mental baggage there. Um, you know, and if you go back to after his Masters win last year, um, 
he, he picked up another couple of wins. He won over at Valderrama. He won the Singapore Open at the start of this year. And his ball striking back then was absolutely outstanding. And it all kind of fell apart when he got to the um, to the Masters this year when he was defending. And, you know, we've seen the... Um, seen the horror show that was the 15th hole on the Thursday where it would he make 13 in the end I think um, and just kept uh, kept screwing the ball back into the water didn't it <laughs> um, and that kind of knocked the stuffing out of him a bit and you know there was I think there were four missed cuts on the trot or four four out of five events on you know to follow where he, he didn't even make the weekend and it looked like the wheels had fallen off completely. But over the last couple of events, he started to find a bit of form again and a twelfth at the BMW International over in Germany and then um, eighth on debut at the Open de France was impressive because he had a, had a chance going into the final day. He trebled the first on the on the final day to you know seemingly take him take him out of the equation, but battled all the way back to a shot off the lead going into the final hole. And uh, yeah, to his credit, he, he for, I think he found the bunker off the tee on the final hole, um, and decided to have a go at it anyway. Found the water, made double, and you know drifted back to eighth place. But that's the first time he played that track, and um, you know we've seen time again. The Golf National is not a track to you know go and overpower or to to. You know, to to get uh, the hangover on on first, you know, your first attempt. So, um, I think that I think you should was, take great an, credit out of that. It was an honourable effort, I thought, very honourable. Yeah, I thought so. So, so yeah, I mean, on Sergio, um, I think he's got a bit of uh, redemption to, to to do. Yeah, I've read some do. stuff today about oh, there's too much scar tissue. Well, if you go down that route, he'd have never won the bloody green jacket because uh, there was plenty of scar <laughs> tissue at Augusta, wasn't there? Yeah, you know, there's scar tissue everywhere with Sergio. Well, there's scar tissue everywhere with golf full stop, isn't there? Absolutely. Golf punters alike. And, you know, I've been on Sergio a number of times and vowed never to ever back him again, particularly when he's blown up at uh, Sawgrass over the years. But um, I think he's got a chance here. I think he's matured as a person. You know, he's a father now. He's got that major under his belt. I think there's a, a, there's a great opportunity for him to uh, to put uh, put things right here this week. And... Um, yeah, I took thirty-three to one earlier, and I thought that that was very fair on on him given his uh, you know his chance in this field. So, so Sergio, and I've also back Reed in this bracket as well. Um, who, again, he's he's kind of a player who's stepped up to the mark, hasn't he? He's got his he's got his major win. Um, you know, you go back a few years when he won at Doral, he was claiming to be. Um, you know, a, a top five in the world player, and everyone kind of laughed and said, "Yeah, okay, Patrick, you carry on." But um, he's, you know, he's not far away from it now, is he? I think he's twelfth. He, he wins the Open this week. I think he'll probably get to about sixth. Why? Why is he right. forty to one? Is it just because he doesn't get back because he's not popular? Yeah, I think so. Because he is. He, in this, you know, I'm seeing people far shorter than him. Who haven't got as good a chance as Patrick Reed? No, no. We look at his last three majors. He finished second at uh, Quail uh, behind JT. Yes, he won the Masters. Um, fourth at Shinnecock. You know, some players, some players, when they win their first major, they just go off the ball completely, don't they? Mm-hmm. He's not. He's, he's come back and he's finished fourth at Shinnecock. And if you remember that Sunday, he actually got himself either to the lead or within a shot of the lead. He, he was certainly banging the mix there, and you're thinking, hold on. This is going to be back-to-back victories for uh, back-to-back majors for mm. for Patrick Reed. And he didn't quite work, you know. The Sundays aren't always going to go the way you plan, but he was right in the mix there. 
Um, obviously came over and warmed up over in Scotland last week. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't think he expected a massive amount. I, you know, I've read some of the interviews, and he was he's just gone out there to kind of limber up effectively. Um, yeah, he birded five of the first six holes and was you know absolutely flying. He was nine under or so through the first round and a half, and he was right in the mix. And yeah, I don't, I'm not saying he you know deliberately took his foot off the gas because I, I suspect these professionals, if they're in with a sniff, they probably would you know really go and push through. But that was never his uh, desire. That was never his. Uh, game plan to go out there and really contest. It was to try to get get himself acclimatised to the type of golf he needs to be playing um, this week coming. And yeah, I, I thought it was impressive. Um, he, he talked a lot about how his long game was working nicely. Um, clearly, we know he's a battler. We know he's a grinder. We know he's um, a very good player on and around the greens. Um, and as you say, I, I think if you look at the prices on offer there, forty to one against uh, Patrick Reed compared to some of the other players of forties or less who. I think I've got some of them have got um, nothing like the chance of Patrick Reed here this week. So, yeah. So you're in this price bracket. You're on Sergio and Patrick Reed. I know you've got a you've got a different um, idea on this kind of price bracket, haven't you, Barry? Yeah, I like longer ones. <laughs> you were mentioning off air that you you wanted to back Francesco Molinari. I, w- I was, I'm thinking about it. The guy, the guy is just hitting the ball so well at the moment. And it's just been for a period of weeks. You know, he stayed over in the States, got the win. Don't know why he stayed there again, but like put in another unbelievable performance. Um, the the, the, the week yeah. just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what does it stop or does it just keep going? I mean, if he goes on and wins the Open Championship, everybody's going to look back and go, yeah, of course he was going to win it. Look at the form line. Look at the way he was leading into it. It just it makes total sense. Um, he was second he, at the PGA last year as well, so it's not as if he can't hang around major championship leaderboards. And he's got a decent record at the Open, hasn't he? A couple of top tens. Yeah, it, it's, he's kind of got into my head in that way that I'm trying to create reasons to not back him, and I'm really struggling to do that. And For, that, scare, yeah. that scares me. Is it, there's there's a lot to like with Francesco. What what do we think the greens are going to run at this week? Ten, ten and a half, something like that. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to be much quicker than that. For me, he needs twelve, twelve and a half stem greens. With his passing stroke, he needs to have faster greens so that he's not forcing the ball through to the hole. The ball needs to travel to the hole, you know, due to the speed of the greens. Um, and you know. It's difficult again to pick tiny little holes in players, but um, that would be one of the big factors for me as to why I wouldn't consider backing him. Apart from the fact that I think he's again prohibitively short in terms of his price, I think he needs. I think he needs faster greens. Simple as that for me. Yeah, I mean, but I I just sit here and argue all day saying you don't need to make a whole lot of putts here this week <laughs> no, because no, no. Par, is, par is the target or just a couple under, so he can he can two putt plot his way along to victory. Like I I don't know I, I just if he goes and wins and I don't at this stage I'm almost like I have to back him for my emotional stability because if he goes and wins it would just everybody would hit their head and say of course he won it was so bleeding obvious like he was you know. It was just right there in front of you. He was top. Uh, he was top ten at that Muirfield 2013 um, championship as well, which was the last one that we think you know, was fast. anywhere near as fast as this is going to be. Yeah, and he's a much better player now than he was then. Oh yeah, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. 
So, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, it might just be a fear bet, but, uh, you know, whatever, if the bet works out, I don't care for what reasons I put it on. Um, where where are yeah. you at then, Barry? What, what, what's your next bet? I think I know who it is. Yeah, um, you guessed him last week, and I'm I'm still quite sweet on him as well. As uh, Ian Poulter, so I took him on the exchange when he he started getting all he started off nicely last week, and um, just kind of popped in my head, especially something you'd said about you know, open winners have had a, a win, a, a, quite a recent win as well, and uh, his at the Houston Open, and he's kind of continued to play pretty darn well since then. You know, yeah, that question we kind of ask ourselves each week, like who has the most motivation to win? And he might not have the most, but he certainly has an awful lot with a Ryder Cup in his, uh, in his um, eyesight at the moment. And, you know, he's got a pretty decent open record. He's got some good results, uh, including third at Muirfield when it was firm and fast. He's a grinder, uh, isn't he? Do you remember, he, do you remember the players last year, Barry, that Siwoo Kim won? Yeah. That was... Firm and that was firm and fiery TPC Sawgrass that that uh, uh-huh. last year, and he was right in the mix up for that, wasn't he? Yeah, I um, I just he you know is. I couldn't resist I couldn't resist him, and um, a, a lot of things made a lot of sense, and you know you don't need like that uh, you don't need to be a super young guy to win an Open Championship as we've seen many times in the last few uh, years, and no, no. he's what forty two now. He's, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be licking his chops at this. To, you know, I think this is a really good chance for me. He'll also, I think, he'll also take, um, you know, confidence from the fact that the bombers won't have as much an advantage this week as they would on a regular week. Mm. I know, you know, he can hit it out there, but he's certainly not one of the super long guys. And uh, I mean, he's at know, the same co- price point, Barry. Sorry for interrupting. Mm-hmm. As Matthew Fitzpatrick and Russell Knox, and I know which one of those three I'd be taking. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, you know, it gets me. Uh, I, I, I'm sitting there very happy in my bet. Yeah. His price, his price has shortened since. I'm on the as well. Yeah. Yeah, sit on him on the exchange and you know see what happens. And um, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise if he won. You know, he's uh, he's got that grit and determination, and um, that that will just work really well this week. I think. There's there's a motivation factor with Poulter as well, isn't there? There's the whole Ryder Cup element as well, yeah. and uh, you know, he's, yeah, he's probably a bit pissed off about that the uh, the altercation thing last week with your man in Scotland, and <laughs> you know that's the kind of but that's the kind of weird thing that Poulter just uses motivation to just yeah, say, yeah, do you know what? No, no. To hell with all of you! I'm just yeah, going to go out yeah. and win the Open Championship, and, and, if, and, and, and if, then it's and all if, sorted. If Ian Poulter is going to win any of the four major championships, it's an Open. Oh God! I think we all yeah. we all concur on that one, yeah. Well, yeah, well, and particularly one where yeah. like this, where the, uh, the the length of the tee isn't going to be the be all and end all. Yeah. You can't see him going to a seven thousand eight hundred yard PGA Championship and no, uh, no. And, and winning no hope. That. Exactly it's right. A, so I think he's got. A, he's, this is a. This is a. His best chance since twenty thirteen. There's no doubt about mm. it. But just mm. looking a tiny bit up the you know shorter and odds. Phil Mickelson sitting there available at sixty to one in places, sixty six to one if you're willing to take a few less places. That's a phenomenal price on somebody who's won an open championship and won an open championship on super firm and fast Muirfield. Yeah. He's won he's won this year. You know, the guy's playing pretty good golf. That's that's 
that's a good that could be a very interesting bet to have for the week. So you don't think these kind of rules altercations that he seems to be coming up with every every other week are some kind of I don't know frustration or um, something kind of something underlying that's um, that would hold him back from uh, from contending at an event like this. I don't know. It's, I mean, the, the standing on the grass thing was probably just an accident. Um, yeah, I mean, it myself, look, yeah. if if you if you're going to have a big rules thing, the Open Championship is certainly the event to have it at. With you know, last year in Speed and Kucher, uh, yeah. you know, we could have something that would make that look like a, a blip on the radar with Phil this year. Mm. Um, I, like, he, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks he hasn't gone, uh, he hasn't played too great, uh, but he's probably just been gone out there to try sharpen his game in certain areas and not really too worried about the tournament at all. Uh, so. I think that's a cracking price on somebody who's won an Open Championship, can you know play a course with experience and patience, and uh, and is in pretty good nick. Yeah, I'm no, not gonna ba- I'm not gonna back it myself. I'm just pointing out that in that just just slightly shorter than Poulter, uh, that's a very interesting bet. Yeah, no, it, it does stick out. I must say, price sticks out. Mm. Um, some bombs then, chaps. We're on to the kind of bomb prices. Yeah, again, I've backed a couple. Um, I'm not sure we talked about the players at this um, level last week, but um, I guess if, if, if anyone's followed any of my uh, previews recently um, or for the last couple of years, then when it comes to Lynx-type setups, um, I tend to look at Matthew Southgate and see if there's any spark of form of any description to, to justify backing him and... Um, He's a Carnoustie member. He's been a Carnoustie member since he was 16 years old. Um, and we know that he can play Lynx golf. Um, you know, it's his strongest suit by a long stretch. He finished fifth for us back at the uh, Golf National a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whilst I think the bookies have got, got to grips with him to a degree, I got 150s earlier with 10 places. It's gone now. You know, there's... there's um, a lot of action going on today with the various players. One of which, one of whom is being backed quite readily, is um, is Matthew Southgate, and uh, you're going to take slightly worse terms for that kind of price now, or a slightly reduced price one or one or other. Um, but given that he's finished sixth and twelfth over his last two Open Championships, um, I say he's got this recency, recent form um, from the um, from the Open de France as well. Um, I think. There's enough to like about a player at that kind of price point to justify um, an investment this week. Um, so I've backed uh, back Southgate. And the other player I've backed is Stuart Sink. And um, I guess, again, is another player that, um, has, again, has also been uh, been tipped up online today. So his price has been, um, been backed in quite readily. So um, originally I got him in the back end of last week at 300. So I, Put a bit more on him today at two fifty with um, with with eight places, and um, he's again. If you look back, he's you know, I suspect he's most famous for or his, his his greatest um, his greatest achievement was when he won that uh, Turnbury Open back in oh nine yeah. yeah when he uh, yeah when he broke everyone's hearts did he beating uh, beating Tom Watson after Tom failed to uh, to get the par on the final hole and then. Uh, uh, yes, Stuart Singh absolutely walked the playoff, but um, you know by that point uh, 
Tom was uh, was a broken man, wasn't he? You know, he, he, his chance had come and gone, and uh, and fair play to Stuart. You know, fair, he he he, to, he deservedly won that playoff. He was an elite level to... player at that stage, wasn't he? A Ryder Cup regular. Yeah. There's one thing yeah. you will say about Stuart this week. He's going to be arriving over here in Scotland, brimful of confidence. He's playing some of the best golf, if not the best golf, he's played for the last five years. Well, and so, the rest, Steve, I think. Yeah, I think that, that, that result we had at... Um, Turnbury. No, I think more recently. The, the, the result we had at the Travellers, wasn't it? He yeah, Travellers. Travellers, yeah. yeah. Um, behind uh, Bubba, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uh, that's his best finish since his victory back in, uh, in 09. You know, that, that's that's how long it's been since he's been in that kind of form. Yeah. And that followed up fourth the previous week. Since June, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, again, he, he, he followed that up with twenty third at the uh, Quicken Loans. I think that was his last start. And you know, these short games look good. His long games look good. He's putting well. He's yeah. scrambling well. Scoring well. He, he, one of his rounds at the Travellers was sixty two. He shot sixty four at the St Jude. And the St Jude's is no St Jude's no pushover by any stretch. Um, he's playing well. He is playing well for a player in that kind of uh, two hundred to one plus bracket. It's um, you know with, with previous Open Championship form, uh, previous Open Championship win. He's, he's finished third in each of the other majors over his career. I I couldn't see any reason whatsoever to to leave leave him out of the uh, team this week. So, so yeah, so he's in as well alongside Southgate, which completes my my team of five. Um, so you managed to get two hundred and fifty to one this morning at eight places each way. Yeah, that's, that's, that seems a very um, a very competent bet. Yes, yeah. So uh, I mean, there, there were a number of players, as you always get, who uh, came close. Uh, Webb Simpson was one who interested me around about the hundred and fifty to one bracket. Um, uh, Russell Henley's another one around that kind of price who's been playing some good golf, mm-hmm. and he can play tougher yeah, tracks as well. Yeah, Brian Moore again. If you want, to, I'm I'm not sure these Americans are really going to be um, all over it this this uh, year. We shall see. But Ryan Moore is another one who's been playing some nice golf as well. Branch Dedek is another one um, who came close, and uh, Chris Wood as well. Um, from a European Tour perspective, is another player I think who could uh, could kind of out punches uh, out punches weight and price this week but uh, yeah I, I, you have to draw a line somewhere so I've, I've, I've knocked it on the head after those five that I've put up on the site this morning what about you Barry any big bombs yeah I, I've kind of been sticking with Chris Wood a bit recently and I'm going to do so again uh, I also think he's got he got himself a fantastic draw with uh, John Ram and Ricky Fowler I think that's the kind of thing you know those guys should go reasonably well in terms of scoring and you know with the they'll drag a big crowd along with them and you know that could be the kind of thing that just is worth a couple of shots to a player yeah uh, he's got a nice he's yes. got a very nice time slot there 10 past 10 thursday morning mm. yeah yeah it's uh, it's pretty sweet so i think um you know if he obviously it's a long shot so if he can go on and win that's phenomenal but he's available at 90 to 1 10 places and i like that a lot He's uh, it's a couple of good performances. Missed the cut last week, but you know he's second in the Open to France three weeks ago, and fourteenth in Ballylift, and so that's that's uh, that's good enough for me to take him at those that price. Um, Peter Uline, uh, I have a, a little bit of a thing for backing Uline, and hopefully at the, hopefully it'll pay off in the end. Your Uline 12. truther, massive, massive, yeah. Now his his it. You know, 
the issue is his Open Championship record. He's only played it three times. His best finish is 44th last year. Uh, missed the cut last week in, in Scotland, but I'm hoping that's because he's got an awful lot more focus going on on, uh, on the Open Championship itself. Finished 12th in Ballyliffin, and uh, you know the, the motivation thing in that his, his good mate Brooks Kepka won the US Open, and uh, maybe Uline's got in his head that he can go and win the Open. So, uh, Paddy Power generous enough to have him at a hundred and fifty to one, which is market best and uh, ten places. So I said thank you very much and took that. <laughs> do you see? Do you see guys, um, or do you two guys think there's anything potentially in Eddie Pepperell? Because he's playing some fantastic golf right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a bit hit and miss, but he's when he when he wants to play, he's playing some cracking stuff, isn't he? Mm. Second uh, yeah, last it, week, yeah. Yeah, and again, at one point, he looked like he was going to go and win that tournament before Brandon Stone just kept you know, making birdie after birdie after birdie. Have after you ever birdie. seen somebody so upset with a 64 on the final day? <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Like, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a good thinker about the game. He'll, get, he'll be philosophical about it yeah. and say, you know what? Some guy just put in an absolute wonder day against, yeah. uh, and, and you know, I can do nothing about that. I shot, well, he shot six under on a Sunday trying to win a tournament you can't really do much better than that or expect yourself to do much better than that and no. um, you know like, that, that'll, that'll sting but it'll also motivate as well, and, well yeah, um, it's not as if he threw it away is it it's, you know no. some, someone's come along and as you said they've produced an absolute out of this world performance to to walk away with the title so they should take a, look, take a lot of uh, positives out of that um, he's clearly playing some good stuff Steve as you say um, I'll can, can he take that to the next level? A major? That's that's the big question, isn't it? Maybe in the future, I think. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure he'd, he'd go out there and do it right now. But mm. um, yeah, he's, he, you know, he's, he's got a lot to like about him. I mean, you know, he's, he's a massively likable chap as well, isn't he? So, um, you know, I, I wish him the, the best of luck. For the record, I have backed pre-event Tyrrell Hatton. I know that Barry was interested in him. Uh, I have backed Patrick Reed, and I have also backed Ian Poulter. Those are the three that I've got involved with on Betfair Exchange. So uh, hopefully I get a bit of a run from uh, those, or one of those three, or a couple of those three. And you're looking at some uh, first-round leader bets? I am, yes. I've got a long list that's becoming shorter, (laughs) <laughs> but some of the names have been mentioned, and some of the names I'm not going to mention on here because I know that Barry will go demented. So I might as well just put the piece up, and then he can. Uh, it make, he can. Then it makes start, for good content. He can then start throwing some uh, abusive uh, wording at me tomorrow when it goes up live. But yes, um, there's some very nice trends from a first round leader perspective, and. Um, I have picked, uh, I've got six names that I'm toying with at the moment, although one of them I've just seen the price has fallen on them, which isn't going to stop me backing them, but is a little bit disappointing. Mm. But yeah, um, I always, it's the first time I've really focused on a first round leader market at a major, so uh, it's been an interesting uh, piece of research. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm I'm expecting that to be out uh, available middle of tomorrow morning, which is Tuesday morning over here. 
Are, are you going to put a long shot piece out there, or are you just sticking with the guys that you put in your main preview poll? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving it as that. That's 16 points, I think, in total. So Absolutely. that'll be that'll yeah. be the that'll be the lot for the More week. Yes, but yeah, I, I say other than so the, long shots, the few long names shots I mentioned. From, yeah, long shots from you, some first round leader bets from me, and of course we've got the other the other uh, players you've mentioned. So um, mm. it should be an absolute um, cracking Open Championship this year. Mm. Um, it's going to be, I think, one that's going to be enthralling and, and very good value to watch. If you had to put one name down, then Paul, it's Dustin Johnson for you, yeah. Dustin wins And Simple for you, Barry? I, th- I think he wins. Ian Poulter. <laughs> wow. Um, I might join you on the. I might join join you on the Poulter front, actually. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, hard. it's so hard to pick. It really is, guys. Right? Isn't it? Yeah. All, you, all you can do, all you can do, is uh, put the numbers, crunch the numbers, and uh, come up with what you think is uh, a good strategy. There's a lot of players in with a very good chance this week. That's that's for sure. Are there any? I mean, I've I've been asked this question today on YouTube. I'll ask this. This is the final question in the show. Um, is there anyone or a couple of names there that you would actually say, you know, I would lay them till the cows come home? Short name, you know, short prices. Rory. Well, not particularly short, but Bubba, I don't think will do anything this week. Jordan. He's a law unto himself, isn't he? If he goes out there and the putt is suddenly working, he goes and wins this tournament. This this place requires strategy. Uh, we all know how good he is at that. I I would, I would happily sit on the fence and get some splinters uh, on on answering that question, Steve. It just Tiger. <laughs> I'm just making it worse. <laughs> yeah, I know. I won't throw but... I won't throw Henrik in there. What about Tiger? Uh, yeah. <sighs> I think I don't think he wins. I think he gets close though. I, you know, can you imagine how exciting that would be if he's in the mix on Sunday? <laughs> Could be one of the all-time greats. I, I just I don't think he wins. I think he needs to get a regular tour win before he goes and grabs mm. a major. On a course that was kind of anti-Tiger <coughs> Woods at Potomac last time out, you know we all knew he was going to struggle with the um, driver, you know, for accuracy, and lo and behold, Francesco wins. I think the fact that he finished fourth and finished nicely. You know, at this place where there's a little bit of width off the tee, um, and it's all about strategy and grinding and scrambling, I don't think he's got the best of draws. I've got to say that. I think he's late out on Thursday, um, but you know he's experienced enough to be able to ride that out and then potentially come forward on the Friday. There's a little bit of twenty-eight to one out there, and um, I can't quite remember what he was at Shinnecock. I think it was slightly shorter than that, wasn't he? It was shorter than that, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's I, I'd be I'd happily watch him play very very well without having any money in him. That's I like that. Yeah. If he if he won if he won I you know all I would wouldn't care about the bets almost because it'll be such entertainment that'll be that'll be your value it'd for the be week. Fantastic for the sport, absolutely fantastic for the sport. It wouldn't be fantastic for my bankroll, but. It's, um, <laughs> As long as a few, a few lads hit the places. Um, Stenson, a big worry about him withdrawing last week with the el- what was quoted to be an elbow issue. Mm. Um, you wonder how quickly something like that could go away. If it's something very minor, that's fine. If it's not, you know, four rounds uh, in very testing uh, major circumstances, that could make 
that mm. an issue this week. Mm. So, uh, as again, if Stenson goes on and wins, I'll sit there with a big smile on my face and, uh, you know, hats off to him. It'd be and, great. And can you believe it? We've done a major championship at a hard technical test by the coast and we haven't mentioned Brandon Grace or Mark Leishman. That might, They'll be very. That might come but, back to haunt us, I tell you. No, but how popular will they be this week? They already are. I think, Grace, I think Grace is being backed a little bit, yeah. But whether his price justifies the way he's been playing of late, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's got he's got great links for him, though. He has, yeah. You can't dispute either. I mean, if it gets windy, then then Leishman could be right up there as but well. We, you know, we've said in the, all of the show, no, this show and the previous show, this really does scream in your face form in terms of winners, and neither mm. of them have quite got that. But you know, trends change, don't they? And Matsu Armour at fifty-five to one. I don't, I don't think I'd ever see the day. Did you see him last week? He kept hitting it right. It was a lot of lot of right in his and and I know that's the safer of the two sides to miss it in at, at Carnoustie, but uh, so, yeah. if if you if you continually sticking it in the deep rough on the right side, that's not ideal. I think that's for the about it, chaps. Thank you very much for your company. We've we've overrun, but you know what can you do? Um, hopefully, mm. the listeners have stuck with us. Um, I hope that uh, both of you enjoy your Open Championship this year. Um, I hope that the listeners enjoy it and um, it's been a, a very enjoyable couple of podcasts that we've pulled together for the Open Championship. So uh, thanks to everybody and we will be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.